You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions Inc., the Google Ads Agency. Welcome to the ultimate guide to Google Ads for 2022, Custom with Solutions 8. This is my business partner, John Moran. We are going to teach you everything you need to know about Google Ads as it pertains to the, the massive changes that happened in 2021. Here's what we're not going to teach you. We're not going to teach you the stuff you should already know. So if you want to figure out like how to set up basic conversion tracking, for instance, we have videos on that in our YouTube channel. You can go find them. God bless you. This is exclusively about the, the paradigm shift that has taken place uh, between last year and this year. It's going to be a super advanced video. We're going to dive really deep and we're going to try to go fast because we want, A, you can pause us and, and B, we want to give you as much value as we possibly can. John, how did I do there? Anything to add? That's good. I think it's going to be also going to be trying to cover as much e-commerce and lead generation as possible because yeah, they're going to toggle back and forth between yep. the two. That's exactly yep. right. Yep. Cool. Well, we're going to dive. We're going to get our hands dirty. Let's dive into it. Let's build a campaign. Let's do it. Awesome. So if you've been involved in the Google Ads dashboard for any certain amount of time, you notice that this page, the new campaign page looks a lot different and it's because Performance Max came out. Uh, what I know what, what Performance Max did was actually take over uh, the way that your conversions are grouped together. They're now kind of kind of, so you have these categories that say like, hey, this is a lead form. And then what type of conversion actions inside the lead form categories can you have? It's like, well, sign up for newsletter, contact form, yada, yada, yada. Because of that, hopefully you've gone through your conversion actions and you've kind of properly categorized them enough so that they make sense. But because of that, you also are going to be looking at the ways that Google ads is actually going to be uh, optimizing your campaigns and how they actually are going to be now measured against your conversion actions. So typically if you have like, you know, TCPA or target ROAS, you chose, you know, one app action or group of actions. Now they're going to be more towards the categories. So what you want to do essentially, if you're a lead generation campaign, I would actually go back and start to append a specific value to other different type of conversion actions. So let's, let's say your, you know, email sign up form, put you know, an arbitrary value on there that is compared to the other type of conversion actions on your website because of the bidding strategies that you can use now from a category perspective are actually going to be more effective. Here's what I mean by that. You can actually run a sales objective for a lead generation by setting up conversion actions values. So for example, person signs up on your newsletter, $15. Person fills out the contact form of your website, $100. Person schedules a call with your Calendly app, $300. You're giving them values. And the reason why you're doing this is because you can actually utilize the sales objective and the sales objective says, say, okay, well, what kind of conversion goals now? And you're going to see like there's contacts, then there's one action and then there's submit lead forms. Well, now I have, I have nine in here now. I have one Google hosted and then eight actions from the website. And can I pause you just real quick, John? This is, if you're watching this and you didn't know what John meant by categories, this is the categorization. There's what, eight, nine, 10 conversion actions represented, nine of them in one category, one in the other. And so you need to go through, define every single conversion action on your website. And y'all, this is like anytime anybody has the opportunity to download a lead magnet, subscribe, engage, you know, somehow provide you with contact information, that's a conversion. But not all conversions are created equal. That's why we want them categorized. So as an example, like for, for this, this is our account here. And we have people that are filling out the action plan forms and say, they come to us and say, hey, I'd like you to run evaluation and like you to build an action plan for us. And we, we treat them differently because we need to know we're producing an action plan for a person that's going to be 
you know, just starting out or may have something that's already, you know, kind of up and running. We need to modify it. So the action plan form of less than 3000 or above 3000. What's interesting about this is these are two different types of action plans. And those are two different ways that I need to send a signal back to Google, even in terms of my bidding strategy, knowing that this is all going to be a funnel under one campaign about how to tell Google, Hey, this was a good one. This is a better one though. I want both of them, but give me more of these. So it's a way for you to append a value to it, but while still maintaining your capabilities of going after both type of categories, just with a favoritism one towards the other. So that's going to be a big change that actually happened with Google is the ability to actually, uh, tell them what you want and how many of them you want and what you're willing to pay for them. You can use a target return on ad spend for lead generation campaigns by using the strategy and then even append a value to the, the return on ad spend that you would want to get based on what type of, what type of conversion actions for lead generation. Now this gets really dangerous though, if you, if you pick the wrong numbers. So if you're inflating the number that a lead is worth, you know, let's say a newsletter sign up, you mentioned 15 bucks and mm -hmm. Google starts bidding up into assuming that you're actually making $15 per newsletter sign up, you could start hemorrhaging money pretty quickly. So it's important that you back into these numbers in an intelligent way. So you might know, you know, and I remember digital marketer telling us this, Ryan Dice said, every email subscriber was worth $7 which that's a brilliant data, data intelligence that just, you know, goes all the way back to knowing your numbers. So make sure that when you're adding these values, the values are real or very intelligent guesses and you pay attention to them so you can calibrate long-term. Yeah. And make sure that they're compared to the other conversion actions. If a, every emails were $7, are we saying that every contact form is worth a hundred or every contact form is worth a thousand? Because if you take a contact form worth a thousand and email sign up worth $7, you're probably going to stop getting email signups from that case because you're yeah, just not Google's going to choose one. Yeah, you're exactly right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And there's not going to be comparison. That just not going to have, have the, have the, the realism that, that, that it really needs in order to identify that that's where you worth the value. Another thing that you're going to notice is when you say, okay, I've chosen my, my goal and I've chosen my actions. There's a new campaign type called performance packs. Now this campaign type at the time of this January of 2022 performance packs for lead generation is it's is inefficient for lead quality, but very efficient for lead quantity. And that might be okay. That might be absolutely okay. You might say, hey, I got on your business. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, lead generation, if you're, you know, a, a dentist in a local area, that might be great for you. If you're looking for the person making $225,000 that in the last two years, they've had trouble with their tax returns and need to get at least 10% more of the tax return back. And they will pay you a very handsome sum in order to get that to do so. Probably not a good idea. Lead generation through performance max is about quantity and you can be specific about what kind of quantity you can get and the relative quality. Our opinion is still use search for, for lead generation, but where performance max, that little new icon here, where this one works really well is for sales. Now. For the sales one, it's working very, very well. It has a lot of good scalability. It has a lot of good growth capability inside of the campaigns because it's going out through all of the channels of Google. It's YouTube, it's display, it's GSP, it's shopping, it's search. It's taking, uh, it, it's taking all of those channels and then producing multiple different ad types per channel. So on YouTube, you get an image ad, you get a discovery ad, you get a video ad. You get all of these really, really cool features and Google doesn't work for you. Now, some of the fallacies there though, is there, there's good, the bail points is you're going to capture brand conversion through your performance max campaigns. And that could be sometimes a big issue because if you have a really good brand recognition and you start launch performance max and it looks like it has really, really, really good performance, it could just be scooping up a lot of your branded conversions. People that are looking for you specifically, people that are Googling your brand name and they're clicking out the search ad and they're coming in and they're buying or they're filling out a form. And you're like, man, this campaign's rocking and rolling, but not necessarily. Now. 
In the first quarter of 2022, Google said that it's going to be able to optimize for new customer acquisition. So it's actually going to push away those brand new conversions more often. But just again, be mindful that if you see this and you take action on it and launch this type of campaign, just know that it could artificially look good uh, when it might not actually be good. And that kind of covers for lead generation and e-commerce, both of them. Uh, just know it's just going to scoop up some brand. Now, there's no way to negative keyword yourself out of that. But really, really powerful campaign. Which one do you want to do, Custom? You want to do a performance max or search first? No, let's do a search first. I don't know that yeah. performance max is going to be as ubiquitously applicable to everybody. I think search is going to have more value for, for our yeah, purposes for this channel. Yeah, let's do it. So in search, again, the selected ways you like to reach your goal. Uh, this is not a one or the other. You can do website visits, phone calls, you know, store visits, et cetera. Again, choose the one that's right for you. This isn't necessarily going to change your campaign. It's just going to give you kind of recommendations based on what it believes you told it you're looking to achieve. So let's just say, you know, website visits just for right now, or you just leave it blank. Let's just skip. But again, for 2022, this has not changed. This is still barely useless. Let's start new. <clears throat> so now there has been a move, a push by Google, and you probably have seen it, you know, Broad match modified in 2021 went away. Now it's broad match or phrase or exact. Um, there's been there's been a, a big push towards broad. And I still believe that broad campaigns have a really good place and probably are gonna have even a bigger and bigger place in 2022. And I think that that's that's the that's a big change because in 2020 and 2021, you know, a lot of people weren't were using broad because of the because of horrible performance it had for the past decade before that. But broad is still, I think, is is going to be more and more popular, at least as a good starting point. If you have a campaign where you're using exact phrase match type of keywords and you're like, yep, I I'm kind of just stuck here. I can't scale. I can't figure out, I can't figure out where to go. This this is for you. Broad match is amazing, especially when you use it correctly. Long tail broad match can be even better. And we're going to go through that. But I'm going to kind of explain a strategy because the, the interface isn't much different. But until we get to the ads, we're going to be discussing the ETAs versus RSAs and that big change that happened in 2021. And it's going to actually finalize in June of 2022. But let's kind of get started. Um, here's, here's a slight change in narrative. If you have been following our channel for some time, or if you've ever built out anything alongside of us, there's going to be a, mod a little bit of a tweak here and it's going to be cool. So I'm just going to call this a general search campaign. Again, we're not going to be developing a campaign for a specific strategy. We're going to be talking about the strategies. So we call this a general search campaign just right now. And you're going to see the networks. Now the display network, we've always said for the longest time to not include display network. And what we've also always said though, is to include the search network. This is now changing the, uh, including in search partners, this is in a search network. This is where we typically said, yes, keep this. I'm actually now defaulting to no more. Oh, you're blowing my mind right now. I know blowing my mind and I want to fight you. Why? Well, in 2021, from compared to 2020, Google ads CPC's cost, the cost per click went up 280%. What? didn't happen though is search partners didn't follow suit. <laughs> and so what ended oh, up happening was a little traffic let's go pit a black hole that's hidden all of a sudden just opened up for a whole bunch of advertisers that had no idea what was happening and what was happening is with the sort of mantra and i don't know why it's a mantra but the mantra of all these advertisers nowadays is saying we got to focus on lead quality quantity and cpa that is true to an extent you want to focus on a good cost per acquisition you don't want to necessarily start a campaign and say, Hey, I need $20 leads or don't run. Search partners will get you $20 leads. Not search partners may not give you. Now search partners, for those not in the know are things like ask.com and like, you know, the old ask Jeeves and their, their 
I think DuckDuckGo just signed up with Bing, but they're now signing up with Google as well as a, as a search partner. But these other ancillary search engines are simply just taking the ad networks and then saying, hey, you can run ads on my search engine too. So it's not even Google anymore. It's other partners. Typically when ad costs were low, it's like I get a $4 click on Google ads and a $2 click on search partners. Now it's like, well, I need to get a 10 or $15 click on Google ads, but it's still about two bucks on search partners. So when you set your target CPA to, let's say $10, Google says, well, I can either pay $10 and get one click on Google, or I can get five clicks on ask.com. And then all of a sudden search partners become the majority now. Of well, you're dealing with the glue eaters that are using ask.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I'm, we offended like two people, so I'm okay with it. Maybe. The rest <laughs> of them aren't smart enough to know we just insulted them. <laughs> rest of them just found out what YouTube part is. They probably don't even know we're here. But anyway, <laughs> so what's interesting is all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I'm getting, uh, you know, my CPA looks good. My leak quality is terrible. And they're pressing every which way, shape, and form of each button that they can find in Google Ads, not realizing they're not even making changes on Google. They're making changes on Ask. And so when you look at the comparison of the channels and you say, hey, what is my traffic and conversions from both Google search and then third-party search, these search partners, sometimes you'll see your CPC is so low that 95% of your traffic actually from search partners. And the two clicks you did get from Google were high quality, but you got two of them and there were two high CPC, so Google pushed it away. So my recommendation, start on Google. Then include search partners later, but build your strategies, gain your, your optimizations, start generating your conversion action data now on Google first. Then if you want to maybe even clone this campaign and then include search partners and see how it performs. But my opinion is don't start because I don't start with search partners because of the rising ad costs of Google search this last year. Dude, that's huge. That alone yeah. is worth the cost of this here. That's a yeah. change. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. Skipping start date and end dates, campaign URL options hasn't changed. The DSA search headings has not changed. This is still, I still recommend using Google index of your site unless you can generate a page feed. Um, again, not, not much has changed from what we've been usually saying as scheduled. This I actually been, been seeing a little bit of a, of a difference now. Typically your ad schedules are going to be running on, you know, the days where you can take a, take a phone call, the days that you can, you can identify, uh, a lead coming in and being able to hop on it. It's not going to be one o'clock in the morning. That's kind of an older school chain of thought that I've been moving away from in this last year and into this new year. And it's because of just the sheer amount of ads that people are seeing and in, in the way that they're searching. Again, with rising ads costs means more, there's more demand. With more demand, with the whole lockdowns and everything globally, the more supply. People are searching more from their homes. They're looking for things that can be delivered or, or something that they're sitting on the couch on their phone. That means that people are taking longer to convert. And where you start your journey is not necessarily where you're also going to end your journey in that same click. It means not just like one click, go to the page, convert, and yada, 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 be done. You really just started so much. I, I just, I want to, I need to pause you because there's so much brilliance here that we need to unpack. So the first point that I'd like to make is when, when John references supply, he means the inventory we think about are eyeballs. So most people think of eyeballs as demand. As an advertiser, you want to think about eyeballs as supply, which is a huge paradigm shift. So supply going up means search is going up, number one. Number two, and this is, man, I just think this is this is really worth like a Nobel Prize in, in marketing is, is the identification that you just made of conversion paths extending, sometimes like substantially, you know, it, going from one or two clicks to 17. That's something that advertisers need to be cognizant of because it's going to change the campaigns they enable, disable, you know, or even allow. And if you're not running ads that way, I think you're going to kill yourself in 2022. Sorry to interrupt. 
No, no. And you're, you're exactly right. And what's funny is people just assume that search is so simplistic that they just get to pick and choose when lead generation comes in. And they used to be, it's not that way anymore. Not when five times their competitors just popped up too. So the first to win could be the first to capture attention, not the first to generate the lead. I mean, if you think about the first way to capture attention to remarket candidates win, it will ultimately you win. And so when you're thinking about when should I run my ad schedule, if I'm a person that is stuck at home having insomnia, cause I'm not outside, not exercising and I'm now bored, I'm just searching around. It might be 11 PM at night. You know, I can, might be looking for a chiropractor at 11 o'clock at night, sitting on the couch for 12 hours a day and now my back hurts. Well, if I'm hiding in your competitors or not, you lose. And so that's where to think about like when your ad schedule should be ran is going to be the time when you are okay with spending money capturing attention. And if you don't and your competitors do, you're missing out. And what's funny about this, what's so funny is when people catch on to this, this is actually going to be less effective. And here's what I mean by it's like everything. I remember well, the, the, yeah, that, marketers destroy everything that works. Well, it's funny. It's like, okay, two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, my, my chiropractor cost per click at $8, 11 PM on Tuesday night, $4. And what happens though, is I earned these really relevant cheap clicks that overall drop my overall CPA and increase my lead flow for the same amount of money that I'm spending in monthly. But as everyone starts to do this, then your ad costs go up after hours. And now you're just on the evil playing field. But what I hear you saying is don't use ad schedule. Run 24-7. Okay. And which yeah. is more or less pretty consistent with our, our overarching narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that's the thing too, is like, we've been, we've been testing it where it's like opening this up to a longer timeline or, or more, more time during the day has actually been beneficial to the campaigns. They're actually starting to produce more and more conversions at cheaper CBCs because Rather than two clicks at twenty dollars, I got a click at six and a click and a twenty dollar click, and now my CPA dropped. So hmm. yeah, I would definitely uh, again e-commerce. We usually said twenty four hours was always best because you know they could buy at your sleep. But lead generation, the time where you'd answer your phone is usually best. But now I'm opening kind of to where just start to capture the attention. People are majority of the time they're smart. They're not gonna try to call a chiropractor at two a.m. They're gonna wait till the next day, but they're gonna call you. So just kind of a cool thing, cool way. To do. Yeah, or they click through, download a lead magnet, take action. One of the you know the categorical conversion actions we just talked about, and and now they're in your funnel. Exactly, exactly. Location targeting. This has not changed. We still recommend obviously using using the locations as you see fit. This is still the same presence. This is still the same presence. So that's fine here. Um, I'm going to pause because if you've never seen one of our videos, I just need you to know, I, I realize that Google says recommended on that top setting. That is a bold yeah. face freaking lie. And yeah. we have a bunch of videos that tell you why. Yeah. Who's shown interest in your target locations, which means it doesn't matter if you're in Australia, they've shown interest in Arizona, your ads are running in Arizona. Welcome to Australia traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so interesting. I don't know why they, why they. Well, no, I don't, I didn't know why, because Google is a cost per click and that's the revenue per click. Maximize like, the value of their inventory. It's like, hey, this person's interested. <laughs> One day they're going to visit a chiropractor in a bear. <laughs> this is above the funnel. It's, it's not even top funnel. It's just above the funnel. Languages. Uh, you know, what's funny is Google actually produced something this last year that said that, hey, we got pretty smart now and. Don't language target. Yeah. It'll even target language if their default setting isn't English. It'll still target English and other languages. So. This is becoming less important, but still standard operating procedure. Keep this all languages. You're going to be bidding on a keyword that they're going to be typing in. And I don't really search in Spanish often. So, you know, I don't think that people are searching in languages that they don't speak. So this is okay here. Audience segmentation. This one has actually uh, changed quite a bit. Now with the rising CPC costs, 
advertisers have had to get more creative in who they're willing to pay that rise to CBC cost for. Now, one of the areas that people have been focusing on, obviously, is keywords, which makes sense. Uh, but the other area is actually overlaying the audiences and starting to sculpt the audiences. And a good general rule of thought, without diving too much too in the weeds in there, too deep, is add every single, add every single audience you possibly can. And the reason is because we're going to be observing all these audiences. And here's a, here's a really funny one. There's two in here. Now we're a Google ads agency and these are two that I target. One is called SEO and SEO services and what's called technophiles. And a technophile is a person that's interested in technology. So like gaming systems and Nintendo and action platform games. And the other one is actually of an audience of people who are looking for search engine marketing, which is us. Technophiles beats the SEO and SEM two to one in our audiences. Dude, I know why. Not, I don't really know why, but here's my guess. I think the SEO SCM is so in, inflated because everybody's going straight after it because it's right down the middle of the target. The technophiles ends up actually being more valuable because it's less, the, the cost of the traffic is less so we can get in front of it more often. You're, uh, that's, that was one theory I didn't think about. That makes a lot of sense. My theory is probably not as clever. My theory is the people that were actually converting were technophiles. And I think about the people that are running Google ads accounts for companies are probably people in their early twenties who like to play video games. <laughs> so the people filling out our forums, we're just finding what they're interested in. But that's the best part is it doesn't cost us anything to run 40 audiences. I mean, what's funny is a person that could be most often looking for my, again, my example of chiropractor might be a person that's interested in home and garden. Why they're bent over in their garden all day long and their back hurts. Yeah. What a phenomenal now, point. So the audience doesn't need to be thematically associated with your business at all. Maybe. You're just finding common denominators among the people that convert. Yeah. And now we typically said, Hey, let the keyword do the work. And it still is 90% of the work. But if I can pay a lot less for a very expensive audience that doesn't convert any well, even that that audience is like games and toys, I really don't care. I really don't mind if my target audience that also is really interested in picture hanging is now converting very well. I'm going to pay more for picture hangers. It's, it doesn't make any sort of sense. There's not an audience for picture hanging. You just made that up. I kind of want to take a minute to see if there is. <laughs> but that's the cool part is like people that like to hang pictures. Like, I don't care. They need Google ads. Oh yeah. These are the same people that, that work at Google ads. She's like, perfect. Bingo. I want them. So overlay every single audience, no matter how irrelevant, and then pay more or less for what is converting regardless of what is converting. Simple, but do it. It's amazing. Please, for the love of all things holy, don't hit targeting, just hit observation. Otherwise, you're only going to target people that like to hang pictures and not people who identify Google as people who like to hang pictures. Daily budget. This is not an update, but uh, more of just a good kind of uh, generalized rule of thumb with rising and falling with, with that attention span. Now more than ever, I mean, Google knows this, they caught on to it and charges more for it, but now more than ever, the top pay, top half of Google is like beachfront property, real estate, in Orange County. Like it is the premier place where you want to be bottom of the page has now become almost as, as useless as second page of Google. It's, it's unbelievable. To the point now where I purposely for this account here, I over per click by many multiples on purpose, but I know it's there. I know the quality of the Let me ask you, is that true for mobile as well? Because Google introduced a perpetual scroll. 
And so there's no longer pagination inside of mobile searches. You're just going to continue to scroll. And then every now and then there's a, a segment of ads. Have you noticed the same impact desktop versus mobile? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. You can actually, you can actually segment it still by the homepage of your Google ads account. And you can segment by the top versus other. And it'll say, when you're at the top half of Google page, here's the impressions, clicks to click the rates of cost per click, converge to cost per converging, conversion rates, et cetera. When you're at the bottom, here's the difference. And I've been studying this. When you're at the top versus the bottom, the bottom a lot of times is more expensive and is lower quality. Well, wow. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. And what's funny is that we make, I guarantee you, there is no one that's watching this right now that can honestly say that they've ever searched for something and then scrolled out of the bottom first. It has never happened. Unless you're looking, looking for the people that suck at it. It's like, right, right. Yeah. And it's the first plumber in my city. <laughs> one page nine. What's funny, Jake saying? No reviews, I'll be the first one. <laughs> the, uh, the, the funniest thing, too, is everyone says, well, John, I skip ads. Okay, that's cool. Do you know that the first four and last four of every page, that was ads? And so it's like your your organics are kind of hidden in the middle. You got the ads at the top, ads at the bottom. And then when you go to the next page, it's ads at the top again. So you have to go to like eight ads. But yeah, it's it's very interesting, the top versus other. And if you're running Google Ads right now, look the last 60 days. Look at the segment by top or so for the whole page of your Google Ads account. And look at the difference between when you're at the top versus when you're at the other, which just means the bottom or page two or page three. And you'll see the difference. But yeah, pagination still, there's not a physical like page two. But when you get to the bottom and then it loads more, that counts as a page too. Sure. Yep. Do, do the people that say I skip ads, I'm just at the point now to where I call BS. The data says otherwise, number one. So there's no reason. I mean, Google is one of the most powerful brands in the freaking planet. They're a trillion dollar company and they made 95% of their revenue on ads. So somebody out there, it's like when people are like, nobody eats at McDonald's. It's like, really? They sell a trillion hamburgers a day. <laughs> Somebody's eating at McDonald's. It was funny. He's a big dude. They're like, oh man, dude, McDonald's is horrible. So you'd be like, I saw you in the parking lot at midnight last night. Like, shut up. <laughs> so A, people are clicking on ads and the data says so. B, I see, this is anecdotal, but when you watch, you know, you, you're ever like looking over a friend's shoulder and they're trying to show you something. Nine times out of 10, they're clicking the ad and they don't even realize they're doing it because Google's ads are so embedded. They're so subtle. So I think people are like, well, I don't click on like display ads or pop-up ads or whatever. I promise you. Or the ads to the right-hand side, which has been gone for like a year. Right, right. <laughs> and and beyond that, there's so much impact on a subliminal scale. There's so much that happens on the periphery, you know, just in terms of embedding narratives inside of your mind that impact your decision-making when you don't even know it happens. So if you're one of those people that's just like, I skip ads, like, well, first of all, why are you watching? Second of all, you got to get over yourself. You have to get over yourself because there's there's no way that is true. It's yeah. it's anecdotally false. It's data driven false. Like you're wrong. And I'm sorry I got so passionate. Just I know it's so funny too because people. You know what's funny is like you cannot. It's impossible to differentiate between an ad and a not ad because that ad a is just in the area that you're looking anyway. So it's funny is like when you're driving down the street, they're like, oh cool. You know I see a Again, I see McDonald's. Well, okay, cool. So you saw their logo in the arch, the logo on the building, and then the advertisement on the window. You just saw three ads just by seeing the building. <laughs> I skip ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I skip ads too. I'm, I mean, the only people that can get away with saying that are blind people. Yeah, and even then, it's pretty much it. They're listening to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop there before you start offending people. But yeah, anyway, budget. So... Start your budget higher than where you normally would. Google is forcing you to now be dependent upon its algorithm. It's learning machines. If you're not 
you're not going to be not being able to do that for longer. And I don't know if that made sense, but if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to not do that anymore. Like you're going to have to do it. The train's leaving, you're either getting left behind or you're on the train. Like, that's how yeah, you're going to spend to learn. Right. And what's funny is you have to buy the bad and the good at the same time. We've been so, we've been so pushed into this narrative that if you're a bad advertiser, if your campaigns don't launch perfectly, and I would actually say you're a bad advertiser if your campaigns launch perfectly because you missed 80% of what it could have been. So that's what's interesting is you want to find the bad, the good, and you want to scale into the good while reducing the bad and using broad. That is one way to do so. Identifying the, the many different ways, shapes, and forms that you could be going after. Because unless someone says, I know exactly every exact match key phrase of everyone that's ever going to buy next year, I, you're wrong. You're, no one can do that. So you have to work your way into that. Well, so start with us. Bill comes out and says, what, something, something to the tune of 18, 15 to 18% of all Google searches have never been seen before. Like have never been seen before. And that, that applies to commercial intent. That implies to anything that, you know, the way that people are looking for your product, it, it, it's so multifaceted on, on, on the knowledge graph. For you to just come out and say like, I only want people that's, I'm only going to sell to you if you, if you ask me to buy this way. Like, man, what a weird kind of, you know, semi-arrogant approach to, to marketing. It is. It is. It was funny. Is it's limiting. Even if you're right now, you're limited. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, cool. You found the 10 perfect ones. What about the 647 other ones you missed that are like nine, 90% good. So anyway, I know we're running shorter on time. So I'm going to kind of move through this, but budget, keep it higher. If you're going to do 50, try to do hundred if possible. If you're going to do hundred, try to do 200 and hang tight. You're investing in a campaign. You're not looking to make a return. You're looking to grow an audience. So break even is okay. A slight ROAS dip is fine. Look at your cost for acquired new customer. Focus on that. How can you get that cost out? What is your LTVs? You know, you take that, all your numbers into consideration. Don't just focus on, I need to make three X because you're going to miss the doubling of that scale. So anyway, start with a budget that's higher, knowing that ad costs are higher and Google's forcing you to learn on the, lean on the algorithm form. Which brings me to my next slight gripe, the bidding strategies. Now, manual CPC is still here, surprising. I still like it the best for lead generation. It allows me to focus on position. Target impression share still is a little bit lackluster. It doesn't work that well. All things equal, if you were to set the bid in, in target impression share by reverse engineering your placements here, Versus doing it manually or manual will work twice as good. Why? I don't know. But just know that if you can still lean on manual CPC, if you're good enough to use manual CPC, still use it. I still like it the best for lead generation. Now, didn't or, Google come out and say that they're killing manual CPC at some point? They've been saying that for like three years now. So I'm still waiting for the day. That's why it's like, hey, update for 2022. It's still alive. <laughs> it's like getting surprised. It's still here. But anyway, I would just say that the manual CPC is still good. Everything else is still fine. One kind of differential that I've been seeing in 2021 to 2022 that shift between then and 2020 was maximized conversion value, in my opinion, has been getting less and less effective. I would actually, because we just encouraged everybody to assign conversion values, which is the first time we've ever, from a narrative standpoint, said to do that. Yeah. So now we've got values assigned to our conversions, and yet we're not necessarily going to use maximized conversion value. Yep. And it was, was really, really odd. It's becoming less and less effective. And I don't know why. It still works. But it's, it's becoming less effective. And here's what I mean. In, by scale, it's, it's less effective. For specificity, it's amazing. Here's what I mean. Maximize conversions versus maximize conversion value. Both are going to do the same thing. Only one is going to try to get the secondary value higher. So I've, I've gone back and forth with Google themselves about this to the point where we finally just decided to kind of... Oh, 
<laughs> agree to slightly disagree and let the data prove otherwise. Yeah. And so it was interesting. And it's kind of fun because I said, maximize conversion still makes sense. Maximize conversion value says, okay, you're going to try to get the most amount of money out of something. Yes. But when you try to have that happen more frequently, like if you want to go from 200 to 500 to 1,000, 2,000 dollars per day, it scales a lot less effective. It doesn't do mm -hmm. it that very, that well. Maximize conversions could just say, I got a sale. Can you give me 10 more sales? Yes. What's it going to cost for those sales? Doesn't matter, but I'm going to get you 10 more sales. Much more effective at scale. Maximize conversion value, slow. It's very slow. And it's been getting a little bit slower. Not by much, by about 10 to 15%. Google said it was going to get better. It actually got a little bit worse. So I still think it's a very viable strategy. If you're going to be assigning multiple conversion actions to a lead generation campaign, and you're going to be dictating it by, this is still going to work. But the only thing is your scale is going to be a little bit less effective. Again, we're kind of hacking this a bit, you know, because we're assigning a value to something that doesn't actually have a value than asking Google to go get me more value. Um, so it's not really leveraging everything that's embedded into the AI, but it has been a little bit less, a little bit less effective in terms of scale. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's asking us to find a person that Google is going to try to algorithmically put together a reason why they think they would spend more money when they're not actually going to spend any money. So maybe that has something to do with it. Our rotation didn't change, site links, all the good stuff didn't change here. I want to kind of skip over to the last part where I think that this is going to be the most important part is going to be the ads. I'm just going to skip the ad groups here, website there. So going to skip here because we already talked about the keywords. I know we're running short on time. Broad is still something I think you should work on. Long tail broad is going to be something I think you should look at. If nowhere Google Ads, Google Ads Agency, best Google Ads Agency. Not just Google Ads, best agency. You know, make them long tail, make them more qualified. Google's going to change this into a thousand different search terms. This limits the ability for it to change into something that might be less than relevant. So again, not much has changed. Just kind of still the same of our pure, our, what we call broad automation. Just know that with more searches and higher costs, a longer tail might serve you better in the short term. Let's continue. Here's kind of an update. Now, when you go into create ads, let's see, I no longer have the ability. There oh, you can't switch back to expanded text ads? No. So back here, I used to have up at the top, you know, switch back over to expanded text ads, and now it's completely gone. Google stated that on June of 2022, you will no longer be able to even edit your expanded text ads or create new ones. So they are going to be gone this year. Here's the bad part. You can't actually take your responsive search ads now and pin them with a good strength. And that's a big change that, that was not as harshly graded in 2020, 2021. It's, it's starting to happen more often now in 2022. And I guess is that new for any pinning or just excessive pinning? Any pinning. I pinned one description and went from strong to poor. Wow. Uh, very, very odd. Yeah. And so what's interesting is even for our, some of our higher spending clients that are spending more than, you know, six figures a month in Google ads, we had to go through a long retraining slash upsetting, sometimes fighting with the clients to say, Hey, we have to let this go. It's hard to say that because it's like your ad may not make sense anymore when you search. <laughs> this is nonsensical. We just Google made it. Well, and you know, it's actually an important point for anybody that has an obsession over brand continuity. And a lot of big brands are this way. You know, they have those brand branding guidelines. You ever seen those 25 page PDF that they hand you with the brand mm -hmm. guidelines? Like this is the way that you have to use the logo and you get it like, fine, totally get it. Got, but in this particular context, you're going to destroy the efficacy of the machine learning. If you don't 
play by Google's rules, I'm sorry. Yeah. I actually agree with them, but what else are you going to do? Right. And that's the thing that is, is hard. <clears throat> it's hard because you, you like, okay, well, let's just at least pin the brand name. But okay. Are you willing to pay two times the CPC for that? No. Okay. Then we can't. And so that's as weird as Google's like, Hey, do this or you're paying for it. And some instances it's okay. Like your competitive campaign, maybe you want to pin your own brand name in your competitive campaign and it's worth paying, you know, 30 to 80% more CPC so that you stop half the irrelevant traffic by all means. Like there's, there's rules that I would say that you could follow that would say that that's okay to do so. But for the most part, if you pin even the slightest thing, like small description, your headline number 12 as pinning that as number three, all of a sudden you'll see that your strength just goes, it is tanks. And Google's reasoning behind it says, Hey, it might not be their first search. It might not be the same keyword. It may not be the same types of searches that we saw before. Like it's trying to take a expand, it's trying to take a text ad and change it to what they think is the most relevant to that person in the stage of the funnel that they're in. And I hate it, but they're so right. You know, it's, that's the piece. If the data shows that it's working, part of me is like, why are we arguing over, you know, like, like just, yeah. It's like the first visit to their website, they might show an ad of the brand. And then the third visit without purchasing, they might stick 30% off, you know, and free shipping as headline two and three. And if they get the conversion, they're, they're freaking right. Like, yep, that, that was probably the good thing to do. Entice them if they've been searching and they've been clicking, but they haven't been buying. Like, I hate it, but they're, they're right. They're, they're so right in this. So yeah, that's a big change though for 2022 is you're going to have to not be able to pin anything and be okay with it. But what that means is you just have to be better at ad copy. So I know we've got campaign creation down more or less. That was the, the big update 2022. We walked through the entire campaign creation process all the way up to ad creation. And after that, you just publish. I know you've got a couple minutes before you have to jet. What's, give me the soundbite for management. Like the campaigns are launched and you're running. What, if anything, what are the big updates that people need to be aware of in 2022 specifically? I kind of shot a lot of the bullets of as to why you traded because of the big changes. But I think what I, I would, if I was to give anybody an advertiser, not even new, but any advertiser, just a, a, a soundbite is lean into long-term optimization the most you can now. If you haven't already been doing this for last year, it's going to get worse now. Think of your campaigns in weeks and months, not days and weeks. Don't. Don't get caught up in the old way of digital marketing. Like let's A-B test this headline. Can't do it. You know, let's, well, let's, let's try, try to change this, you know, this description on this one product and then run this for three months and then compare. You can't do it. All of the ways that Google is taking over when they show an ad to who and, and why and how, lean into that, accept that and find a way to leverage that. That's the biggest thing I can, I can probably just say in terms of like, because there's too many little topical things to cover. Um, you know, performance max is going to show a discovery to a new type of funnel person that's going to remark with a display and that's going to bid more advanced in the search ad and hopefully show more remarketing product ads if you're e-commerce. Now, what did you say on the second line of the one ad that was shown to one person out of a million? Who cares? So lean into the way that people interact with the internet, not the good old fashioned, like, you know, 60 day AB ad copy test in this specific product. Think about the way that humans said, you want to show up high, you want to have good enticements. If you have multiple products that are competitive, show the cheapest product first. You're going to earn the click. You know, all of those little ways that you think about what would a person do, apply that and lean into automation, have to have, have that learn and happen more frequently. You're going to win. Thanks for listening to the Google ads podcast. 
For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.